you like movies that I'm here to say, then this is the show for you, okay? It's called the best movie to a Jimmy Allen tone, so don't touch that dial, turn off your phone. Grab a sweet song, mix up popping corn, from Rosebud to Laughter to Jason Bourne, Meryl Streep to Kirk Russell to Dennis Hopper, and don't forget, y'all. This is the Hello and welcome to the Best Movie 2 pod, the podcast that tells you what movie to watch in any given situation. Uh, and this week's situation, we are looking at the best movie to get your kids into horror. And we have got Laura Smith, comedian. Hi, Laura. Hello, Jamie. You all right? I'm all right. And now I'm going to drop from podcast voice and become a normal human being Me. again. <laughs> you right? I think uh, it's way subtler than you are allowing for. You're like... <laughs> I'm going to talk like this now. <laughs> like that. No, I just hate it. Like, do you know you, when you start listening back to yourself and you go, who is that dickhead? Yeah, <laughs> that's my whole life watching myself do stand up. <laughs> so this is this is one of our first Halloween specials. Uh, and do you, do you like horror films just in general? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, the episode. Okay, thanks, Laura. No, well, uh, well okay. The answer is yes, but not this kind of new breed of saw. And I, I, I don't know where it's got this gross out thing. Like for me, the scariest film I've ever seen ever, and I, I never stop thinking about it. I'm thinking about it right now. Is Wicker Man? You know where it's just oh nice, deeply, deeply unsettling. Give me that sort of horror. So I would, yeah. I've, obviously, I watched The Nightmare on Elm Street, which is obviously ridiculous slasher films. But you know, Carrie and like the real. Horror films to me, mm. you know, and I'll include Alien in that. These kind of things where, oh my god, I haven't breathed for fifteen minutes. Yeah, I mean, there's a very, there's a very real uh, movement that says the seventies is the best that we'll ever have for horror, and I think with kind of uh, the way the studio system works, it probably won't be topped. But then we're getting like really good horrors out now. Um, I don't know if you have you seen Barbarian. No, that's I'm a great one. It. That's that's up on Disney Plus, I think. Uh, but it's not it's not a Disney movie. You know how Disney have bought yeah, a bed written. I think Disney have bought <laughs> I think they bought this podcast now as well. Uh I, I did wish. get seven pounds back in my account. Uh but that's like smart horror where it, the only problem is the budgets have been slashed because nothing's getting released in cinemas anymore. So it's like, can you make this film for twenty quid? All right, fine. But yeah, that's then, been yeah, yeah. But I guess, yeah, kind of I was I was looking at kind of kids' horror films now. Have they stopped making good modern kids horror films? Like you're you're a mum, aren't you? I am a mum. What would you include as a good horror film for kids then? Well, I've, like I've kind of gone through some different genres, but I think like the eighties had great because like Ghostbusters technically it deals in horror. Yeah. But you know, it's it's a PG, it's sort of I do remember when I, 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 we all seen Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler for Ghostbusters, everyone was on cocaine. So and it, that was like 80s cocaine where just the ideas were absolutely top. Um and uh the the opening, you know, the the library scare in Ghostbusters. Yeah. That that used to get me as a kid. Even though it's a comedy and I loved it, um I I had to cover my my face. Oh, I mean the thriller, the Michael Jackson video thriller, that was just a huge part and Gremlins and oh yeah, now I'm into it. All of these things terrified me, and I watched them anyway. I just thought, I've got, to, I've got to watch them. Tremors, I remember like yeah. watching that, and yeah, I mean, but what I find is I have these classics in my head that I want to revisit with my kids, and they're a little bit naughty. Like there's a ghost <laughs> going down on someone. 
Do you know what I mean? And yeah, there's a blowjob in Ghostbusters. There's a blowjob in Ghostbusters, and you're like, ah! And you hope the kids missed it because I sure as shit missed it when I was yeah. a kid. But like, or, or even uh, Goonies, the language in Goonies and the stuff they come out with, and a bit, you're like, hang on, I don't remember this. So there's things that you revisit, and you're like, yeah, this isn't aged well, and I'm not sure it's appropriate actually. I, th- I do like the overriding message of Goonies of if you meet someone who's mentally challenged, you should adopt them. Uh, yeah. without kind of going through the state or seeing if it's in their best welfare or even telling your parents beforehand uh, oh, yeah. say, you belong to us now like a pet but i um, think it informed me in a negative way it informed i just have gone through my life hoping that will happen to me if i say babe ruth enough and <laughs> <laughs> do you know the scariest part of uh, goonies for me and i don't know like maybe this this pops up it's it's not like the mystical bits. It's where Chunk escapes, and then the car shows up, and he's escaped to uh, one of the uh, Fratelli brothers. Yeah, and he just starts singing opera. I'm kid that because you, you know we had all Stranger Danger. Yeah, uh, luckily I was <clears throat> I was a fat child, so I wasn't really that afraid of being abducted. Um, but like for for the handsome kids in my class, I was like, you're fucked because there's some psychos out there. Yeah, well, and think- they all went missing. Oh my god! <laughs> do you worry, kind of, with the classics? Do you worry that your kids won't enjoy them just because you know, like, apparently the average length of a of a shot in movies is shortened now to accommodate like post MTV TikTok generation? You can't. Well, yeah, it's, it's for me. It's not the actual length of the movie. Movie. It's when you revisit these old films and how long, especially seventies films, how long they let things play out. And I don't think my kids. I think my kids will think the TV's broken. Like something's like it's 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 going in, in slow mo. You know, I watched Taxi Driver for the first time the other day, and I couldn't believe it was a joy. You just experienced it for you know it, how 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 it paced along, and it, it's asking for your attention. And nothing. Asked, I mean, they're even talking about in TV development about two screen film development. You know, where they're based, yeah. it's based on the idea people are going to be staring at their phones or laptops whilst watching it. That's terrifying what morons we've become. It, it, that's really depressing to think of, like, I want you to design something where people are only going to have 70% of their capacity or less watching this. Well, I suppose it means that, like, kind of Fight Club-esque, you can put, um, you can put certain frames in. I mean, maybe it, it means that we'll see a rise of kind of subtext in films that is just designed to go way over the heads of the TikTok generation. But, but all I can be like, oh, that's... That's like a bit of satanic panic that they put in there or something like that. Yeah, well, I I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, but I was thinking almost the opposite in a sense of like, maybe we're making the same point, but like the Easter eggs will go, the kind of subtext, you know, real rich films where you watch them again, yeah, I never even noticed that on the shelf. I never even realised that was indicating that, you know, and, you know, I watched, I I, I don't know why I revisited Killing Eve last night just because I think a bit of a comfort to watch it. And I was just Mm. like, there's just this fun bit where she finds out you know, Villanelle finds out this Eve is looking for her. And you know, I mean, it's not subtle at all, but you know, the champagne pops and she pretty much, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Populates, do you know what I mean? And you just think, what? You, I, I, it's because I revisited it. And I was like, oh, that was, that was telling us they're in love, you know, like immediately and you know, all that sort of stuff. And yeah, I guess kind of, it, it, is it just us being old footy duddies where we're like, well, mainstream movies aren't as good as when we were growing up? Or is it, is it genuine that? you know, media's getting shitter. Uh, but this is this is the joy of showing, you know, old horror films to kids. Are you, with, with your ones, how how scared are you happy for them to get? 
Well, the you know, like in a U-rated film, hmm. you know, where it talks of mild peril. My kids were the target audience for that mild peril. I never thought, what do you mean mild peril? My kids would be like, and especially the first time you go to the cinema, I've done it with all three of my children. The first cinema visit, you realise how immersive that is. Because they're yeah. like, oh, no, I can't walk into the kitchen for a biscuit. This is, I'm not in control of any of this. You're stuck. The sound is there. It's dark. There's other children. And, you know, but they've all fallen in love with it. So I think even the experience of going to cinema, I'm like, suck it up, ride it out. You're going <laughs> to in. And I think Nanny McPhee was a big one for my eldest when she went to see. And she just, that was really scary because there's real horror elements in that of that kind of she appears and she's uncomfortable to look at and the kind of supernatural where her appearance changes as it progresses and things aren't what they seem. And And I think that that kind of, I think they that that reassuring them things are going to be all right. I think we're more film literate than they are. I don't know why. I felt like I always knew things were going to be all right in a film. Yeah. Well, I guess it's it's that thing of kind of because media is so spread so thin across the toast now. You know, we we just had four channels on TV and movies, and that was it. And you know, go get the you had your VHSs, get whichever one you want to watch. I'm aging myself massively. Ben's a little bit younger than me. He's like, VHS, what's that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but uh, now it's, you know, there's so many different forms. It's, you know, you're probably watching Instagram reels instead or you've got yeah. Netflix shows. Uh, so, yeah, and people are, people are going to cinema less. Well, this is it. But that lack of choice is a big thing in cultural references because the new Space Jam film with LeBron James, my kids, that's just been our... That was our movie night on Saturday, so they were really into that. And then, then we watched it again yesterday because that's my kids, and <laughs> they're cut from the same cloth. But I thought they're missing ninety percent of the references in this film. That everything's about the Warner Brothers cartoons, yeah. and obviously, and then and obviously, it's a big showcase for Warner Brothers to showcase all the other things they do. So I think maybe they got the Harry Potter reference. There's Matrix references in there with Speedy Gonzalez. I don't know if you've seen it. But as a film nerd, you'd probably quite enjoy it all the I mean, let's face it, it's it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I, I I dodged that one, even though it's up free on streamer now, just because I can't watch a film where you can see the kind of the intent behind it, where oh, they, they're awful. talking about IP. And even in the press release, they were like, We're bringing together like an old IP that we know we can use to platform and blah, blah, and blah. And you can tell the director is not someone who's like, my heart's in this. And at least, like, <laughs> at least the original Space Jam came from a weird kind of, uh, we need we need our version of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Well, what are we going to do? Let's yeah. get Michael Jordan, you know. Big star in the world. And, and, and I don't think LeBron James has got this. <laughs> Same port, no, no, no shade, LeBron. But um, <laughs> the, the also the also the thing is they've literally got Don Cheadle playing Al G Rhythm. Yeah, he's the algorithm, and it, it's just I, there's a lot there's a lot of adult, and I don't like films that wear that kind of. This is one for the adults. Cartoon film features used to do it much better than they do now. It's so obvious the things that are loaded in for adults to watch. Yeah, you can tell it's kind of that second pass someone else came in to work on the script. Yeah. I think Monsters Inc. does it really well. Yeah. Kind of if we're if we're going if we're going like really young, that's one of it. If we're if we're looking at the actual question, uh a, a main thing is can I watch it while they watch it? Yeah. You know? And 
Monsters Inc. Luckily, Pixar normally, unless it's Cars, yeah, Pixar's got your back on that. I was going to say Cars is just yeah, every they Toy Story does it phenomenally. You know, um, yeah. Monsters Inc. does it phenomenally. And I, I've sat through a, the last. So my oldest is twenty one now. So I've done I've done fifteen years of movie watching with these kids. You know. And, yeah. and and some things I would argue are not super for children. I don't think Incredibles is a kids' film like at all. No, no it's, it's a crazy. James Bond film wrapped in a, a a superhero film. Yeah, it's just and it's beautiful. Even the aesthetics are for us. You know, you're I'm yeah. admiring the flipping um, the uh, home deck. You know, the yeah. interiors. I mean, Mrs. Incredible taught like. Young lads didn't know about, you know, thick ladies until we saw Mrs. Incredible. And then we were like, hang on, no, I don't want what they're putting in the magazines. That's, I want, I want what? that. Well, whatever she's eating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, so did you say he's, he's 20, 21? My oldest girl, she's 21. And so oh, here's, dear. I didn't mention this in our sort of little uh, pretext up to this, but she's a huge Studio Ghibli fan. Or so that, has got my kids into handling some booky stuff, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean they they they're willing to go a lot darker than kind of a lot of mainstream. And my stuff. kids have never been scared. They've not yeah. been scared. What they don't get scared with. And I'm like watching it, thinking, what the hell are you doing? I mean, even you know, if you think the start of um, in my neighbor Totoro, which is like the cutest film ever, but the little the mites and the you know, it all gets a little bit on top, doesn't it? And um. They, they they follow it. They just love yeah. it. It's such a feast. So I think actually, if I'll finish it, Studio Ghibli. That's what gets you into horror. There you go. Well, um, well, I guess I guess we're we're kids. Like you, if you if you're older, like if I said to my mom now, do you want to watch a Studio Ghibli film? She'd be like, what cartoons? No. Yeah. But w- when you're kids, you haven't been trained about different tones or different media, so it's just a different thing that you're watching. Uh, and even you know, if you some people don't like foreign movies or. Um, you know, they, they look at, like, subtitles as a, a blocker. But I think because the Studio Ghibli movies have been um, the... the um, I forgot the word. Where's some of the voiceover? No, they've they've dubbed it. That's it, dubbed. Uh, where they've dubbed it has uh, been so... It's done so well that it has passed over to kind of uh, westernised audiences as well. It's not, you know... Because I remember the old manga stuff where uh, it was, how dare you come here? <laughs> I'm about to kill you now again. Yeah, and that's that's actually one of my chat up techniques as well. I just I like pretend, that. I'm, I kinda, I I just like pretend I'm a, I'm an old dubbed manga cartoon. Would you like a drink from me, <laughs> you son of a bitch? <laughs> but the um, is it David Mamet says that you you know you know he's against like the narrative voice and narrating films. And actually, it says that you should be able to follow a film without dialogue. You should be able to follow a mm. good story without dialogue. And I think that stands for so many Studio Ghibli films. Actually, you could quite happily sit there and watch it in silence. And I don't think you'd miss major plot points. It's such a kind of you're following the tone and the story so brilliantly. Anyway, you know. Yeah, actually, I'm thinking like one that does visual narrative really well that you kind of understand. Hocus Pocus is. I think you could probably turn the. Uh, you could turn the sound off on Hocus Pocus. Uh, I confess something. You've never seen Hocus Pocus. I haven't either. Wow. 
<laughs> I swear, I've, I've, I've seen like uh, so many of the ones already mentioned. I'm just having to nod along to because there's so, so, so never worry that we can just we can skip over plenty. <laughs> J- Jamie has seen every movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm in awe. But yeah, I've, I don't know why I've missed it. But what happened is when you were younger, you got into a relationship and had like a, a family and joy. You had joy in your life. Uh, you went out. Um, a lot of the people in my social circles, they went to like music gigs or uh, again, they, they found boyfriends and girlfriends. Old Jamie, he was like, I'm going to watch as many movies as possible. And one day I'll have a subpar podcast. And, and people back in the 90s were like, what's a podcast? And I was like, I don't know, but we'll find out. You also refuse <laughs> to find watch out, TV. Martin. Yeah. Which I think yeah. Jamie <laughs> won't watch TV. So he's never watched The Sopranos, never watched The Wire. Barely, you've not even watched that much Simpsons, have you? It counts as one for us. In that time, he gets to watch like <laughs> 30 movies of varying quality. And so like that's how he feels it. I've seen what I need to see. I watch Sliders and Red Dwarf. I'm happy. Oh, do you um, do you take your kids trick or treating, or did you? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, I love it. Do you know what? I've kind of, I kind of used to be a bit weirded out by it and found it very American. And when we were kids, you just put a bin bag on and eggs people's houses. That was it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I've realised that. I actually just, I've just, you know what? I think as I get older, I just, I've got softer and just think, just give in to all the fun there is. I make a big deal out of other holidays, which I've always rolled my eyes that they're very American, but actually I'm just hook, line and sinker now. Like why, why um, be adverse to fun, you know, just give it all. Yeah. I mean, talking about being afraid as a kid, we used to go trick or treating in Bootle in Liverpool. So, you know. Freddie had nothing on a bunch yeah. of crackheads that were chasing you for your your sw- yeah. chomps and Freddos that you had. I, I think I think I just feel a little bit like if I had I live in France. Look, we haven't had any kids in the past come up, but like I'd never got to go trick or treating, so I think I'd just feel a bit shortchanged if I now have to give out chocolates yeah. despite not getting them myself. And also, when I, you when you moved in, you had to notify a lot of the local adults that and say true, yeah. children that you're in yeah, the area. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> I mean, do you know what? I live in a really nice area and not in a kind of, oh, it's a really nice area, but as in community-wise, I have mm. got to the point at the end of Halloween where I literally just feel like, why don't we do this at Christmas? Do you know what I mean? Like, why yeah. isn't Christmas where we knock on each other's door and say, oh, have you got a glass of port? Have you got a glass of brandy? Because... It's so nice getting. To, we talk to our neighbours. All the mums are out with a glass of wine and talking rubbish. And it rained last year, so we all ran in the pub. And it was just, it was just such a good vibe. And it's just such a community space around here. Do you know what I mean? Where you know where I was born, just down the road, where it all felt a bit rougher. It, it just feels all nice, and you know, I just sort of give into it all. Really, I know you know I've always kind of been a bit resistant, but it's cute. You know, I just think why not? Like. And well, it, yeah, is, we, it is American is where I'd avoid the Americanism. Now I'm like hook, line, and sinker. Yes, please. Like, yeah, I mean, especially kind of you know the it, it's it's maybe a bit too on the nose, but with so many pubs closing down in the UK, we do kind of lose that sense of community. And one of the things that brings us all together is an event that we all know everyone's doing at the same time. Especially with like with movies and TV going to streaming now. You don't get to go in the office anymore and go, did you watch that episode on Friday? Yeah. But like something that we had for Halloween was all the kids dressed up. We got all off. Like, I'm, I'm a Liverpool family, so, you know, lots of cousins 
um, and all the parents would be drinking, no matter even if it was like a Tuesday night, and we'd p- just put on a horror film. Uh, that's this question doesn't can't really apply to me because our parents were like, "We'll bang on the new Halloween," even though some of us were like six or seven. And they're like, ah, "I'm sure it's fine." Like, yeah. I remember, I remember watching The Fly at like eight from hiding behind. <laughs> yeah, I was probably that age. I remember watching. I think I was like five or six watching. The Nightmare on Elm Street, like so ridiculous, like terrified me, terrified me. Yeah, yeah and that's I, I kind of it's a flip side of like kids are more are kids more sensitive or are they have they been ex- have they been exposed to more so they can watch more because for me when I was a kid I could watch anything as long as the baddie was dead at the end. Like if I was watching yeah. a Freddy movie, I had to watch it right to the end because then when I went to bed I was like, oh sorry, Freddy's dead. That's why Halloween fucked with me so much because the last shot of Halloween. Oh, he's gone and he's alive and he's outside and he's there and he's got yeah. I know. It is awful. I mean, um I, I remember being really scared of Sixth Sense, but was all right by the end. I think he does M Night Shamalamian. He does that so because he always has that sort of sentimental element, somehow it he just wraps it in a bow for you, no matter how tense you've been watching it, everything feels tied up in a bow and you think, oh, there was there was a reason for this or a sort of an emotional kind of exploration there that I just need. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you, if you look at the village, he manages to do something in the village that I've, uh, the village gets a lot of cop, but in the village, he tells the audience that the monsters aren't real. Yeah. And then, and then he has a monster attack by Dallas Howard. Yeah. Somehow. Like I remember being in the cinema being like, why am I scared? He's told us they're not real, but then it's there. How is it there? And you're like, not only are you, how has he done this? Like, what's the explanation? But also, it is terrifying for the 12. I think Shadow, yeah. actually, that's, I, I, you know, I wasn't going to touch on that, but I think he's great for, um, you know, because he, he's covered all the bases with um, the you, you old school kind of ghost movie, uh, Alien Invasion. Yeah. And he, he's, I think he's kind of, I don't think you can top Alien Invasion for no. what he, signs especially that that video in the kids party and he's made sure it's a kids party so it's 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 something that everyone recognizes um you know you can put yourself in that situation of recording a kids party and then something outside yeah Um, and that's still like i'm i was i was old enough to not be scared by signs when i watched it and when that alien runs across the the camera i I was like someone has shit in my pants it can't be me but there is there is a big (laughs) one has is that a 12 signs yeah see this is um and and this is the thing i took a bunch of students when i was an english teacher to the cinema to watch woman in black which is also a 12 and they had a talk from the the british film institute's classification board as to why it was a 12 and you know when the big thing when we were kids it was like director's cut yeah. Oh, you know, so you were like, oh, we're really getting the thing. And she said that is such a hype thing because actually what a director's cut, the difference between, say, for instance, a 12 and a 15 can be something like the volume of the jump scares and um, how there's a bit where the, the body's swinging and hanging in Woman in Black. If that lasted a second or two longer, it would have bumped it up to a 15. So actually there are often minimal cuts to bring it down to a 12. And she says ultimately what we're looking for in a 12, and I would say Signs and all of his films are up in this, and Woman in Black, not his one, but, you know, is up in this. Mm. It doesn't matter how terrified you are watching it. When it's done, you walk out again. 
it doesn't stay with you. There's nothing in that film that stays with you. It's all those films are almost the equivalent of a ghost train. Yeah. Where you're going, ha, 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 and then you get off, you go, oh, I should go on the bumper cars. <laughs> you know, you're not. <laughs> but there's, there's, and that's what's about these modern films where it's just these horrendous things that no human would imagine. And then they're in our heads. Why do I, I don't want to know what a human centipede is, thanks. I don't want to know what he's come up with in Saw. I don't know, I, you know, like, that. you know, because I think I don't want that in my head and it's horrified. And like when I said about Wicker Man, it's just that horror at the end where you, you're kept throughout the whole film of, is it, is it not, what is this? And then by the end, you're like, oh no, it really is this, you know, and yeah. this um, kind of, you know, everyone's drunk the Kool-Aid, everyone's, you know, where we are, we all believe in this wholeheartedly and you're on our turf, mate. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. And we're, we're, we're being in the seventies as well. It's, you know, it's pre-internet, it's pre, you know, BBC documentaries. Yeah. We, we, we do less about kind of, you know, Island communities. You didn't have the, the BBC documentaries of some famous comedian with the parent going off to one. So mm-hmm. he, it it could it was more realistic the idea of oh yeah maybe there is like a bunch of crazy people on that island who are willing to break your legs and set fire to you in a in a wicker man spoilers for wicker man by yeah the way. spoiler but um yeah and also just this sort of the sexiness of it as well because you're basically you're 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 stimulated throughout as well there's his mm. repressed kind of you know Christian kind of repression and their kind of pagan sort of boobies out in a kind of soft porn kind of setting and so there is and there is always that you know Wes Anderson plays with it so well but that kind of you know the titillation of it and you're like and the morality and you're kind of as a viewer you're questioning where you are within that like you said about the the kids film and that if you can place yourself in that if you can place, there's often a morality at play with who which characters get killed and it's like you know Scream obviously self-reference it so much of this kind of oh well you lose your virginity you're this yeah he's who dies first and all this kind of stuff and so I think you're naturally placing yourself in that in Carrie you know are you the school bully are you this are you complicit you know there's all this it it, it should get into your psychology and make you think where would you stand in it all you know yeah I mean Carrie oh go on sorry Ben go on I was there, what is the thing that as like because obviously we don't me and Jamie don't have kids you know for very good reasons but like what is the thing that makes you scared as a parent what are you most worried about is it the scary content is it the sexy content is it the bad language what is the thing that would that you'd be most worried about because I never quite it's I always find it odd what earns like the 18 ratings and the 12 ratings because it seems like bad language doesn't seem as harmful as like seeing the inside of a skull but it doesn't necessarily Look. Yeah, I know it's well, it's it's that, isn't it? There's you can't unknow something, you can't unsee something, you can't unlearn something, and you can't unfeel something. You know, you don't want your children to experience anything that's not nice. I mean, I've learned now there's a little bit more evolved psychology where you're like, okay, bad feelings aren't necessarily bad things, it's about how we process them, how we resolve them. And I think that the idea of any of my children I'm thinking of my littlest one my littlest is five and I'm thinking you know if he saw something that that's quite shocking and and, you know we police their you know internet usage but it's funny the things that can creep through and pop up and they come running in and go oh this thing came up and I don't think I should have seen it and you know I, I think kids are very good at knowing 
you know, and whether that's sort of violent or sexual or scary or what have you, they're very good at knowing this is this isn't for me. This this doesn't feel right, you know. And I think that I think that's it. I, I think anything in life, any psychological sort of healthy psychological development is stunted by things that they don't have the emotional or mental capacity to process. And um, something, this is a weird one. Something happened the other day, a sort of a bit of a flasher, and well, yeah, it was a bit weird. And it was, well, it, he didn't even have anything, but he, he was just, it was just a bit of a weird bumping into. He was, you know, pleasuring himself. And I've kind of, and it was for my, and I was like, ah! and I phoned my husband, I sort of panicked on my dog walk and all this. And then my husband said, well, phone the police, this is sexual assault. And I felt sexual assault feels a bit of a strong term. Like, this is, he says, okay, well, what if someone did it? What if I did that in front of the kids? And I went, ah, ah, like, you know what I mean? And I thought, well, that's a really good way of thinking about it because it, it felt so, and this is the thing, like it felt so highly inappropriate and not for me. And I think that that's it with the kids. I'm sort of, like I said, Goonies, all of a sudden, they, there's a joke in it, like that something like gang, some weird joke. And I thought, oh, I don't even want them to have that language in there. Yeah in their kind of arsenal and and you know i mean you know you swear and my kids think it's hilarious swearing and let's face it kids swearing is perfect (laughs) they don't unknow those words and so we you know and i just think i'd hate them to see an image that they couldn't that that got to them or that there was waking them up at night i suppose well i guess that's what's good about kind of these early horror films is it's when we say a gateway it's not just a gateway to get them into horror it's a gateway to get them used to like the horrors of the world you know <laughs> if you you know if you show kids like uh beetlejuice it's a good way of learning that there's creepy men out there like yeah. beetlejuice is a horny horny film i know um, i mean that's it there's there's all sorts of i mean jesus he plays it well hmm. i mean i loved beetlejuice as a kid i don't think i got it all again i probably missed a lot of stuff now that i now i'd look back as a mum and actually actually a lot of the time we're putting an adult, they wouldn't understand certain writhing or the significance of it or Yeah, when when we were kids, obviously you're you're Winona Ryder's age when you watch it. Yeah. So you don't realise how inappropriate it is that he wants to marry Winona Ryder. Like yeah. and I don't think you'd have a film nowadays where not <laughs> he's he's not he's the villain in it, but he's kind of the anti hero of it. Like you like him, don't you, even though he's a massive creep. Well, because she's neglected. It's a little bit cat in the hat or weird science, really. They're the same films. Yeah. The cat saying, in the hat is probably the scariest. I would never show my kids cat in the yeah, hat. But it's saying you're quite lost. It's, you know, these lost children, this is this often is the start of things. You know, these kind of look what – it's almost a t- uh, warning of look what can happen when children are lost. I mean, it's basically like, I don't know, online grooming or something. What I've done was, you know – the kids that are vulnerable to that would be the kids that are vulnerable anywhere else. You know what I mean? It's, it doesn't start with the computer. It starts with where they are and looking for connection where they don't have it with, you know, working parents and, you know, or neglectful parents or lost kids or misunderstood mm. kids. You know, you, you see it all, all the time, you know, with Coraline finding the other mother to crawl through to, there's something, there's something alluring about that. Pinocchio. Yeah, but that's why I think it's scarier to have the the loner child is a much scarier horror film than the fun horror film where it's a group of children. Yeah, you know, yeah, group, you never you know, it, yeah. If you look at the Goonies, they've all got each other's back. You look at the Ghostbusters, there's four of them. Um, 
you know, they they they're safer. Whereas, you know, you bring up Caroline. Do you, I don't know if I could have coped with Caroline as a kid. It's um, horrendous, and I I thought I probably made the mistake with my eldest that it's a cartoon, and that is yeah. creepy. And even when that came out, I remember they sold it as it's the guy who did Nightmare Before Christmas. Tonally, it's going to be the same as that. And you're like, oh, that was really fun, Nightmare Before Christmas. And then you watch it and you're like, oh, God, it's about dead kids. <laughs> it's about neglectful parents. And the neglectful parents, they're like above and beyond movie neglectful parents. Where in the end, they're doing the best for their kid. Like, yeah. if, it feels like they do not give a shit about that kid. Yeah. And, and, and I think a lot of children, even if it's not true, most children can feel like that. You know, if mm. I, if I, I don't know, if I say, right, up to bed, my kids go, you hate me. Like it's confirmed <laughs> for them. Do you know what I mean? Or, or I don't know, I hand a sweet to one before the other. That's all the evidence they needed. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. We I used to, them, uh, and... apparently we used to count how many baked beans we got, me and my brother. Oh, yeah. Uh, but there I is, because think... you're in this weird sensitive state. Anyway, so that it taps into something with children. I mean, again, I suggested to you Home Alone, because if you teach kind of elements of gothic horror, from a literary sense, he's isolated, he's cut off, he's in a big house. It's the, the winds blowing, there's shadows, there's the creepy guy next door, there's churches, the, the music, you know, the, it hits a lot of gothic mm. horror elements. And we and that's a tradition at Christmas. You know, we like horror stories and these tales before Christmas, don't we? You know, so it, Home Alone's a good gateway as well. Yeah, I mean, Home Alone, that... Because there's there's two different genres that Home Alone covers. One is home invasion movies, yeah. uh, and the other one is torture porn. Um, <laughs> like, you know, I'm I watched it again. I, I don't think you get. <laughs> do you get sore if you've not had Home Alone? <laughs> you know, it, it's a psycho setting up all these traps for people who are morally in the wrong as well. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like because I, I know you've had ones that have like. You, the worry is about like it sticking with the kids and them not losing. Do you either of you think you have ones from movies as a kid that you still that's still in the back of your head or that genuinely did affect you for a long time that you did see too young and it changed you? I think I know you have one at least, Jamie. Yeah, what do you want to go with, Laura? Well, it's not a movie, I'm afraid. It's 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 um, Twin Peaks, which was a movie as well. Right. Twin Peaks, I watched way too young, and Bob and how's Annie and that demon spirit and the red room and the talking backwards. Oh, there's so many things in that film that I should not have watched. And, mm. and this was then compounded by the fact that my brother would do an impression of it. I was the last, so I was still in primary school and I'm the youngest and my mum, my brother could walk to his secondary school, but my mum would drop my sisters to the bus stop. So there was about a 10-minute window every morning where it's just me and my brother in the house, and he would act, he would say, how's Annie, like Bob from Twin Peaks, <laughs> who freaked nine-year-old me out, and it was cruel beyond belief, <laughs> nine, ten years old. Because, it, 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 I mean, it. I couldn't look in the mirror. I, I was scared of looking in the mirror. I was, I was scared that, yeah, I mean, so terrifying. Mm. Yeah, I mean, David Lynch, you, I, I would steer away from kids. I, I watched um, oh, the Dennis Hopper one uh, with uh, Cal McLaughlin. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. but it's Oh, I early, know what you mean. Yeah, I can't think. Oh. Early David Lynch. Luckily, I can cut in. the. <laughs> I'll do a little yeah. voice over where I say the name of it. Um, but 
that I watched that when I was about ten, and that has you know um, sexual kinks, murder. It has uh, you know some really inventive swearing. Is that blue velvet? Uh, yeah, blue velvet. Yeah. yeah. Is yeah, that with Budweiser, King of Beers, that one? <laughs> <laughs> well, I only remember Frank. Frank with his oxygen mask and kind of having a weird mommy-mommy fixation, but then he was abusive, but the abuse was, like, sexual. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, my parents probably shouldn't have took me to the cinema. To... <laughs> no, I watched, it, I watched it on TV. The one – there's a couple that stay with me that I definitely – it's weird because I, I don't want to say I shouldn't have watched them because I feel like I grow I, – I, like, I grew from the experience. Uh, he says the... sitting in the booth talking about <laughs> films for a living 35 years later <laughs> well um, I mean Halloween stuck with me forever just the idea of there's a man out there and he has no motivation he has it, it doesn't matter who you are um, and he's coming into your house like I think home invasion is probably one of my biggest fears in general and the idea of like well I haven't got any money so no one's gonna you know rob me that goes from like there's just someone out there and he bloody loves killing you get him killing he's happy you know (laughs) um so that's the coming and ghost watch i don't have we covered ghost watch before ben i know you Um, and i have spoken about it but i don't know if we've done it on the pod but have have you heard of ghost watch uh laura no, so this so. is some. This is something that the BBC did, and they got like a record number of complaints. So the BBC they filmed, um, it, it, they filmed it like it was live, but it was pre-filmed, and they used uh, all the staff they used were people who normally would do like documentaries and their factual stuff, but it was about uh, presenters going to the most haunted house in Britain, and it was like Craig Charles, uh, Yvette Cooper, Michael Parkinson was in the studio, and it was all filmed as if it was live. And there was a ghost in it that it showed, they showed up to this family uh, halfway through. It seems like the family have been making it up and they find like some red herrings. But they did stuff like the camera would move around a room and you'd see a man in the corner of the room. Uh, and then they go back to the studio and the studio would be like, people are phoning in saying that they've seen someone. Let's run that clip again. They run the clip and there's no one there. And they're like, oh, we don't know what's going on. And the ghost in it was called Pipes. And for years, like me and my brother would be like, Pipes is gonna get you, Pipes is there. It was so smart. And it's something that they never have the balls to do now. But but yeah, my parents have said, like, we should not have let you watch that. Yeah. Um, Weirdly, there is one the difference inside number nine did one that is sort of very similar concept. Like, and they did the same thing, which is that they it 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 plays like a normal inside number nine episode, and then they have technical difficulties and cuts away and then starts cutting to them in their dressing room and they play the same thing. It is a it that I think that just that twist of like because it's just slightly more believable just because it's starting to play with you a little bit more. Yeah. and this isn't supposed to happen. I mean, that's I mean, what. No, but just all of these things again. You talk about what, especially with children, they know when something's off, they, and they don't have the language to process it. You've just articulated both exactly why it's off. You know, I talked about Twin Peaks, the backwards talking, everything being slightly off. If you haven't got the language to process and express that, it's then in your, it's in your deep in your psyche. Do you know, like that's the thing. That's where it gets you, where it's just a bit off. Yeah, I, I, I thought you were going to say as well. Jake, your, I thought your classic one was Jaws. That generally, that you don't like <laughs> swimming at sea because of Jaws, because you saw it too young and that stuck with well, you. It, it makes me laugh that people are like, but it is Jaws. People go, I'm scared of sharks. I'm like, yeah, because they can kill you. But it's like. Jaws, I I think Jaws is the world's most perfect film. Mm. We just, 
it's on Netflix at the minute. You know how they come and go, and it's like I'll always if I'm scrolling, I'm like, yeah, let's just do Jaws again. I just love it. I mean, I think my husband could quote it. He could quote Quint the whole speech. You know, like <laughs> we love it. We love it. It's a perfect thing. But yeah, like I, I'm glad I didn't. I think it was. I don't think I even watched it young, but it's just the music. Hmm. It was in my head enough anyway. Well, just... Jaws comes wrapped as a thriller. Like that's why that's why it's sneaky. It stays with you. But it's there's only one nighttime scene, and that's the opening scene, and you don't know the characters. So even though it's filmed as a horror, you, you don't know them. I mean, Jaws is a slasher film, you know, the shark is a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a slasher monster. Everything else though. Have we got vulnerable teens? No, it's three men who are like in their 30s, 40s and 50s. You know, one's an expert in sharks. One kills sharks. One's a sheriff. You know, yeah. you, you're not going to be afraid for them. Everything about it says this is a thriller and you're going to be excited. But instead, it's like, no, this is one of the most terrifying things ever because it's the most relatable. Like, even if you live in like a landlocked uh, county, you've been the beach, you've been in open water and there's no, there's, there's the thing that freaks me out about sharks. There's no walls in the sea. There's no yeah. passport checkpoint in the sea. Sharks can just come through. Um, and even if I'm out there on Crosby Beach in Liverpool, <laughs> uh, you know, wading through the condoms and jellyfish, there's still, <laughs> even without sat nav potential, there's a shark that could get to me. Well, there's, well, you're, it's, it's about being vulnerable. Is, have you ever read the film, the book of Jaws' book? No, no, I've heard the major differences. Uh, well, the big difference as well. It's about a giraffe, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, again, they lean a lot more. And and same with The Shining, the book of The Shining, you know, the alcoholism in mm. both of them is a, big, is a big factor. So it's almost like this kind of sleight of hand of real-world psychological things that are going on and then the sort of almost then the actual monster manifestation of them, as well. you, you see what I mean? Like, it's like this kind of, it taps into something really that's yeah. going on. Everything's a bit well, It's weird because with The Shining, like, you, when you're older, you look at The Shining as, oh, it's, it, you know, it's the, the fear of your children getting in the way and it's also the fear of addiction. Um, and it's, you know, it's all that subtext. I think he's done it so well in Jaws where it's, it's not about the fear of the unknown anymore. It's the fear of sharks. Like, <laughs> he, he he's wanted to make this big message about something broader. You know, it's uh, Brody, <laughs> Brody's moved to an island, and yeah, his unknown is the sea. But is the sea? But but when I watch that, I'm not like, oh, my fear of the unknown is you know, a committed relationship or something. I'm I'm like sharks. It's sharks. It's sharks <laughs> all the time. They've got an intent. They want to get me. Yeah. I, it is so perfect. It's one of the hardest, and I think probably most sacrilegious jobs I ever did was I. Um, I used to work on Gogglebox, and for that they had they you don't send them the full episode because it takes too long. So you you send them cut downs, but they, when they do movies, you have to do a cut down a movie, and I had to edit Jaws to be understandable in a fifteen minute chunk. And oh, God. trying to edit is every, every, and I'm there just like arguing, but she's like, no, no, it's honestly, you have to have the whole scene. Like trying to just let, let me send him an hour cut. Like I felt bad cutting anything. So cutting it down to 15 minutes, you feel so appalling that you're taking away so much of it. It's just, it's, it's I mean, not what, any way to enjoy it. That's like old grammar school sort of English test, isn't it? To, to do pricey, to be able to know what's the most, um, you know, important elements to be able to summarize. That's, that's, that's the ultimate editing. I mean, so did you have the Indianapolis speech in there? I can't, I can't even remember what I left in it, but like I, I wanted 
all of it. It's like on some movies, it's easy. It's like, that's fact. Don't need that. Don't need that. And like, you know, the scenes that are going to get them. But in Jaws, it's like, it's all going to get there's so much and it's and the the later scenes aren't going to have the power without the early if i just show them mm. the final like thing of them hunting the shark and shooting it's like it's not going to have that effect if they haven't seen everything before it and all this like i it, it was just it genuinely hurt me trying to cut it and and that yeah show a tiny so, bit. i almost don't want to talk now i'm just going to be thinking <laughs> about how i would bring it down to 15 minutes that's so like because the shark is so, uh, it looked it looks silly when it's killing um, uh, Quint. Yeah. If you just saw that that bit where it's a big foam shark, yeah, and even when he's stabbing it with the machete, you can see it's like polystyrene coming off. Without that build up, without John Williams absolutely taking your hand and guiding you through, um, you, you wouldn't get the same experience. Uh, that's that's you know, <laughs> I think. If we're talking about the the worst thing to show your kids, it's the fifteen minute version of Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but you've nailed it because exactly the, we, it, that doesn't matter. The jump is not the thing. The bloody bit's not the thing. The bite's not the thing. The stabbing's not the thing. It's the I haven't breathed and I'm can't. It's the tension's mm. always the thing. The kind of your imagination is always so much worse. And you know, I suppose we'll have to get into Hitchcock now because. He just let us, our rotten little minds, do most of the work. That's it. That's all, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, Hitchcock, on paper, a lot of Hitchcock is appropriate for kids. Yeah, yeah. But do you think, like, no. because they've seen so much now, uh, you know, uh, would they be bored with Psycho? Like, No, they'd be the... My kids would be terrified. They, 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 I think, see, this is the thing. You talk about, like, being literate or being able to read things or handle things. Music is getting you, you know, like, mm. uh, um, I, I mean, I spoke to, um, you know, when you become a music teacher, my husband was a music teacher. You have to learn about Islam's stance on music and why, and everyone, go, but you know, people go, Oh, they don't like music. They're like, no, Islam's stance on music is basically, it's so powerful. So to risk listening to anything that isn't from God, it's too dangerous, essentially. You know, it's like, you know, don't even mess with that. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like... Even Natasha Bedingfield. Natasha Bedingfield. But, you know, you only have to listen to WAP to know, you know, <laughs> they're all converted yeah. whores, you know. It's, it's, you know, it's like, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, macaroni in a pot, get a bucket of muck, you know. You know <laughs> you're, you're, you're there, you know. But um, but that's the whole point. Music is just like, and, and again, with the classification, it's like, you know that will get you. So this is my kids will. They, I mean, they like Baby Shark, but they will go. It's like a thing in our house. Or something like yours. We all go. You know, like I don't know. Yeah. If my kids aren't going up the stairs quick enough. I go. And they go. And then run upstairs. It's like <laughs> when you think about that. That is two notes. Like, can you think of anything else where it's two notes and instantly you know the film? People who haven't seen the film know it. Um, it's, it's threatening. It's the most threatening thing in the world. Like I say, I can go. I say, I just do the notes, and they go, "Yeah, face <laughs> is on." They love it, and that's like I've done that forever with them. Oh, that's probably that probably explains a lot of their issues actually. Yeah. Now, <laughs> well, they're thinking about it. Jaws, I guess Jaws is the perfect one because yeah, I mean, I am traumatized. I'll, I'll admit to that. Like that is definitely a reason why I don't like swimming in open water. But in terms of showing films to my kids, I want to be able to close the door at night when they go to bed and not think that they're in the bed being like, oh, fuck. But 
as it is, we don't have land sharks yet. I mean, we'll probably keep polluting the seas until we get them. But when you go to bed after watching Jaws, you don't think Jaws is going to get me. No, exactly. And again, but but we'll go back to the sort of those signs or, you know, that's a good one. You know, or six, any, anything where you, once, you've, once you're done, you're done. There's yeah. a kind of, ah. Oh. And it's like, I think psychologically, it's like having an argument. You have the hug afterwards or you have this, you know, if it's tied up in a bow by the end, you can sort of go, oh, okay, everything's all right. I mean, Woman in Black, I mean, that is a bit older, but it will scare the bejesus out of you while you're doing it. But I'm struggling to recall anything with any emotion attached to any. I mean, that's not just Daniel Radcliffe's acting. I just mean, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you are just getting to the end, just going, yeah, that was good. Thanks. Thanks for the rocking chair in the. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is that good? About, oh god, yeah. I was say, is that is that is that good advice for like kids? If they if they you caught if you caught watch a scary movie, it's like cigarettes. They have to watch the whole thing because then they'll be okay. But if if they if you if you turn it off after ten minutes, you know it's going to be far more damaging. So if you walk in on them watching Saw, you've got to make them watch the whole two hours. <laughs> you've got to you got to finish that thing. I mean, what happens in Saw? Do they get out? Does anyone come? Do they all die? No. So, I mean, Saw is based on Saw is very bleak. It's it's very much a post nine eleven franchise where there's no good in the world and everyone who's getting tortured tends to be bad. Um, he's Seven. got like they yeah they they just had uh, uh, Saw X has just come out Saw Ten where they've they've kind of flipped it so that it's it's people who are like on in a health scare scam or like a they they scam him into get paying for cancer uh, surgery that he doesn't actually get in the end. Um, so when he does all the torturing, they've completely switched it to Jigsaw is the goody and the hero of the piece. It used to be like, oh, he has a really fucked up point of view of like morality, and now now they're like, these are evil people, and we're going to enjoy watching them, you know, rip their own limbs apart. Um, and yeah, it doesn't really. It doesn't really tell us anything, you know. It doesn't really. There's no. There's no subtext in there. There's not for kids to learn. And also, that means if you if you're watching, if you're in the the, the smoking analogy, that means you got to make your kids watch ten saw films, <laughs> including the dog shit Chris one, the Chris Rock one. Spiral. Chris Rock's in a saw. Chris oh, Rock. Yeah. So after it kind of flailed out, he did Spiral from the book of Saw, where Samuel Jackson plays his dad. And the reason why you've never heard of it is because it was absolutely dog shit. Is that why we'll... (laughs) (laughs) Well, you see, I mean, that's what I mean. Those sorts of things I don't really have any interest in. You know, I mean, I remember what... I think probably the last horror film I probably watched in the cinema was something like um, Jeepers Creepers, Mm. you know, this stupid... Which was just stupid. And what was that other one with the road... What was that dusty? Is that maybe Jeep Screw or was it? What's his name? Dusty Road. Was that Road Rage or something like that? Oh yeah, we're um, with Paul Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Is that Road Rage? I think yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I watched that. I think that's probably my last kind of cinema going. That's a kind of healthy. It's I think it's like a fifteen, so it's for like a bit more mature kids. But that that's a that's a great like horror thriller. There. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not like yeah. So what? I think it's about, um, I suppose what I'm saying, in terms of like introducing horror, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to nail what the question is, whether it's about what would you let them watch or what would you get them to sort of baby steps into understanding the sort of mm. genre of horror, how to handle it and how to access it. I think, I suppose that in that sense, I think 
I'd say, you know, the Studio Ghibli kind of supernatural elements and t- being taken a- a- along on something like that might be healthy. But also, yeah, like, <laughs> I suppose it is just the kind of strapping everything could be yeah. all right by the end sort of elements, I suppose. Well, yeah, I guess if we're moving, yeah, I think we've, we've pretty much summed it up. Um, so do, have you got kind of one that you'd want to shout out as your top recommendation? Well, I'll, tell you, I'll I'll do mine, and then you can kind of come in and blow yeah, mine out the water. Yeah. As a kind of as a side recommendation, I don't know if you've heard of an eighties film called The Monster Squad, um, but it's it, it's very it kind of Inc. no 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 not Monsters Inc. Monster Squad. Yeah, it's live action. It's the guy who wrote Lethal Weapon, Shane Black. So he's he's got a great ear for like catchy dialogue, and it's a group of kids. Clearly, like um, takes the tropes of the Goonies, but it's all the old Universal monsters. So you got Dracula, the okay. Mummy, the Wolfman, and it's a group of kids. So it covers that kind of. You're not that afraid because there's a group of them. Yeah. Um. They they read up on monsters, so they've got the knowledge where, you know, when if you're a kid watching it, you're not afraid for them because they understand the tropes of monsters. Yeah. It's a comedy as well, which takes the edge off. Like the most famous quote from it is, uh, <laughs> at one point, these group of kids are attacked by the Wolfman. And he, one of them tells him to kick him in the balls, and they kick him in the balls, and he goes, "Oh my God, the Wolfman's got nods!" And it's like a, a fun joke that any even a kid can defeat these universal monsters. Yeah, okay. But it just introduces kind of like the tropes, uh, of horror, uh, and especially I like I love the old Universal horrors, you know, where it was all about mood and you know, not you know, like you say with Saw, like let's see someone spleen. Yeah. So I do I do that as my shout. And also it's fun enough that I think even kids now would enjoy it. And it's a little bit naughty, like one of them smokes. And you oh, know, yeah. they, they talk about it, they talk about sex in the way that you know 12 and 15 year old kids do talk about sex. Uh, but when I talk to them on the street about it anyway, they do. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> what, um, what, I just had to Google it and, and I thought I'm gonna I thought I was gonna Google it and go, oh yeah, of course. No, Never heard, no, no, no. Anyone I've known it? I think it might have bombed. Really? Um, yeah, because it kind of tonally it was a bit darker than kind of what they wanted. It wasn't as light as the Goonies. Uh, but I'd say give it a go. Uh, what, what about you then, Laura? What's what's your big uh, big recommendation? Well, I suppose it would then just I think I'm jumping on your coattails here because I feel like I've gone on the kind of side angles and all those sorts of things I suppose it would have to be Ghostbusters then I've just basically copied a group once the film from the ni- or 1980s or ni- yeah so I think I've just copied you basically no I think that's perfect because Ghostbusters would have to be it because I think it just still stands I love it and Ghost, did you like Ghostbusters Afterlife uh, yeah, yeah. I, I loved did. it. Okay. <laughs> I, I actually I watched it last week. It's on Netflix at the minute, actually. Yeah, I showed it to my parents and because I, I, I remember I was hungover in the cinema watching it and I, I did cry at the end. Uh fight me. I'll I'll fight anyone. I don't care. You can cry at films now. Well, sh- sh- can I trump you? Can I trump your hangover? Yeah. We want to come I, down. I, I'd got diagnosed with cancer before I watched it, and I went with my husband and my daughter and we cried oh, and God. onto each other like weirdos i'm all right now but so i think maybe i'll watch it and go it's not that deep <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh i loved it i think tick 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 the, yeah. yeah yeah 
yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, and your parents liked it? Yeah. Yeah. They they really liked it. I normally my dad's into you know unless it's a it's an action or war film or a thriller, then he's it's not for him. But yeah, they they really enjoyed it. They hit you with all the feels. They gave you all enough nostalgia. It felt quite dated because where they were and. I just think they smashed it. And yeah, so Ghostbusters, yeah. And I love Ghostbusters too as well. I mean, I love yeah. Ghostbusters. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Ghostbusters 2 defender. I don't get how people say it drops off in quality. Are you joking? I love Loved Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. <laughs> With yeah. Vigo. So I'll go Ghostbusters because you've, you've really shed a light on something for me here. It's the one lost kid on their own facing stuff compared to a group of gung-ho sort of go-for-it sort of people. Right, well, there we go then. So we've got uh, the Monster Squads and we've got Ghostbusters 1, 2 and Afterlife. Are you recommending the all-female Ghostbusters? I don't know what you're talking about. Can you carry on? Please, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> oh, well, thanks for coming on, Laura. Uh, you, have you got any um, any social media that you want people to follow? Or where can we find you? Yeah, um, um, that Laura Smith, Smith with a Y. That Laura Smith on on instagram and twitter um and yeah i usually i don't know i'll try and mix it up it's usually just pics of me doing nonsense and sharing dj fat tony memes but um other than that <laughs> it's sort of all good yeah um so find me on there and you, there'll be a link in my bio to my tour so all good stuff so oh yeah you got a tour coming up well, that's exciting yeah do you go uh, if you haven't seen laura she's great um very racist weirdly but um <laughs> Only because I look like Bernard Manning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cheers, Laura. Thanks for coming on. Nice one, Jamie. I loved it. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.